the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today begins our final look at our short series on God. Will you trust Him? It's our weekend edition of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Make it a point to join us. Over the past few Sundays, we have focused our attention on God, a short little series. And today, we culminate or begin the culmination of the series with a message called, Will You Trust Him? And the question is really quite simple, yet so profound. Join us, won't you, as we understand what it means to trust God. In light of all that we know Him to be and all that we know ourselves to be, that's the question before us. Will we trust Him? Our teacher and pastor now from Valley Bible Church right here in Hercules, here's Pastor Phil Howard and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Let's look at Psalm 56, just as a beginning. Will you trust God? Psalm 56. Let me uh, uh, set up Psalms 56 for you. David is fleeing Saul. Saul wants to kill him. Ever since he was anointed, it seems like to be the king of Israel, he's had to run for his life. And so he's on the run. He's running. He doesn't have his 400 men that join him in the cave of Agilom. He's by himself. He goes by a place called Nob. And there's a priest there. And David's hungry. And David asks, could I have any bread? Is there anything to eat? And he said, only the shoe bread that's been uh, consecrated. But he gives him some of that bread. David says, are there any weapons? I have no weapons. Uh, I have nothing to fight with. Which is amazing. And The priest said, only, only the sword of Goliath, the one you killed, and there's no sword like it. I can't imagine how much it must have weighed. But anyway, he said, that's all we've got. And so he gives David the sword. David goes from there and is so threatened and so alone, of all places, he visits the hometown of Goliath. He visits Gath, and there the king is, Agish is there. And he meets the king, and he's surrounded by all these Philistines that want him dead. They know he's the hero of Israel. They know that, they know the song. Saul killed his thousand, David's killed his ten thousand, and they're thinking, and he killed our greatest warrior and hero, and now he's fleeing to hide among us. We're going to kill him. He's not going to get out of here alive. And it says in 1 Samuel 21, 12, he was afraid. He was afraid. And what does he do? He goes into acting insane. He begins to make saliva go down his face, begins to scratch the wall of the city gate, and begins to act like a madman. And the king is so irritated when he finally gets to the king. And the king says, don't I have enough madmen? Why did you bring another one? Kind of like uh, maybe 
Congress. I don't know. But it said, anyway, we've got enough madmen. Why are you bringing in another one? And so in that, David writes Psalms 34 and he writes Psalms 56. Listen to what he's thinking. And he eventually wrote a song they sang at Temple about his deliverance. Listen to what it says. Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Well, in that case, it could have killed him. But he's looking beyond their power to God's. All day long, they twist my words. All their schemes are for my ruin. They conspire. They lurk. They watch my steps, hoping to take my life. Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape. In your anger, God, bring the nations down. Record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this I will know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise. In the Lord, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and am not afraid. What can man do to me? This is the chorus. I am under vows to you, my God. I will present my thank offerings to you. For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Look at some complimentary verses. Look at Psalm 118. Psalm 118, verse 5. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. What to do when you're afraid? What do you do when you're anxious? What do you do when you live in Houston, Texas, and everything you earn and put together is washed away, and you're taking, taking a month to let the waters recede, and all the water around you is poisonous, contaminated with sanitation, with chemicals, uh, it's infested with snakes, with crocodiles. Then Irma hits, and once again, and the Caribbean islands, many have been wiped out, everything they had. Uh, do you suppose any Christians were there? What do you do when they say your child has terminal cancer? What do you do when a father and son make a plane trip, a private plane trip, and it crashes and both are killed and both are wonderful believers. Why didn't God keep the plane in the air? Do believers face 
difficult situations. Do believers ever face divorce? Do believers ever look on the grave of one of their children? Do believers ever see a child go astray, a medical report that's not good? Uh, You're going to lose your job next Friday. Be careful of the... We live in a world that if you're half awake, you ought to be nervous all the time. No one knows what another day can bring forth. And into this kind of situation, God's Word speaks to His children that there's a place to go when you're afraid, and it's to God and His Word. There's a place, some promises to claim when you're anxious. And then we're going to look at the end, some promises you can claim for the certain problems that are bound to come to every one of us. So, let us first of all uh, see David. He's in the enemy's camp. He's running for his life. He's scared to death. And what does he say? When I am afraid, I am going to look to God. And I'm not only going to look to God, I am going to look to his word his word that I've come to praise. You see, you don't know what God will do for you unless you read his word. What would you do if God had not revealed himself? You, you make up your own God. You make up your definitions. You, you keep saying he's this, he's that, but you don't know what he is unless he talks, and he's talked and recorded it. I don't know you unless you talk to me, and I don't know God unless he talks, and I don't know what he said unless I read it. And so, in the midst of his fear, when I am afraid, which assumes you will have situations to be afraid of, when I am anxious, and you will be anxious, sometimes we face it every morning. You can wake up at 3 in the morning and have your to-do list and 18 things that could be, should be, why isn't it, and worry the rest of the night and not go to sleep. Two things. The psalmist said, I will trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I'm not afraid. So how's it go? When I am, I will run to you, I will run to your word. When I do that, my fears subside, I will not be afraid. When I am afraid, I run to the same source. Psalms teaches us no one can deliver us in the day of trouble. Proverbs 29, 15 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord shall be delivered. Uh, So he talks here, confidence in God's word. What will you trust when it says you're going to die? What will you trust when everything seems against you? When you're accounted like sheep for slaughter, as Paul said in Romans 8, what do you do when everything, when you're on a ship headed for Rome and you get in the middle of a Mediterranean storm in Acts 27 and the Spirit, and the Lord shows up, tells Paul, don't be afraid, stay on board, you will go to Rome. One promise stilled his heart, stilled the heart of those men. And so here David is saying, When I am afraid, I run to a God who's able to control. He can control what men can do to me. You remember what Jesus said to Pilate? He's standing before Pilate. He's not saying much. And Pilate is interrogating him. 
And finally, in frustration, Pilate says, you know, you better cooperate. I've got the authority to kill you. And Jesus said, you would have no authority except my Father gave it to you. You're not really ultimately in charge whether I die. My Father's in charge of this. In Acts 2, when Peter preached, he said, Jesus was delivered up by the foreknowledge and determinate will of God. He pulled it off through Gentiles and Jews and hate, but it was all determined by me and my father before I showed up. You men are not ultimately in charge of whether I live or die. It's a terrible thing to live in the fear of death all the time. And Jesus told his disciples, don't fear those that can destroy the body. Destroy him who can destroy the soul in hell. And I'm in charge. It's part of history that Stonewall Jackson was a predestinarian. And he used to say, I'm immortal until God's through with me. Is that true? I'll let the rest of you pray about it. You are immortal until God's through with you. He's determined when you're going to die. He's determined how many days you will live. He's got a distinct purpose in letting you live, and he will fulfill. I I looked up some verses of how scary it is to know a God that is in charge of everything. Do you mind if I read these to you? Thank you. If I got to. Listen to this. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? Daniel 4.35. The plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. 16.9. I was planning to go that way, and I wound up here Because God took over the plan. He said, this is where I want you. And I never knew I'd get there. God's got a sovereign plan. Says things like this. There's no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. So, he keeps saying, quit being afraid of men. They're mere puppets. They're mere stagehands on the stage of history. I am orchestrating what I want to get done. When I am afraid, I will run to God, and I will run to his word, and I will rely on it. Now listen to what Jesus says when he talks to his disciples. Turn with me to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. Here he is offering a divine kingdom, and they're going to be his followers. And he says to his followers... I don't want you to be a bunch of nervous wrecks. I don't want you to be uh, recommending me because you're having a nervous breakdown. I don't want you to have anxiety. No anxiety allowed. Are you aware that in America, we spend billions of dollars on prescription drugs to control all of our moods? Depression. Uh, this, a pill to get up, a pill to sleep at night, a pill for this. We're the most medicated people in the world. The most medicated and yet the most prosperous. 
What's the connection? People are strung out because they're worried. Uh, is North Korea going to bomb us? Uh, what, what is going to happen in Afghanistan? Well, is Trump going to build a wall? What, what's Trump going to say next? That just brings unity. What's going to happen next? Is politics going to do it? What are you in charge of? California's trying its best to become an independent nation and tell Washington, D.C., do whatever you want. We're going to do what we want. Nobody's telling us what to do because we're a big state and we'll tax the daylights out of everybody to carry through our policy. So people are moving to Texas. Therefore, verse 25, what Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Don't worry. You're of more value than food, drink, and clothing. Is it not amazing how much time you could spend worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear? One-third of your life is spent sleeping, and some of you spend more. And the rest of it is worried about, you know, I said this morning, I finally, I got to go. Because the, the closet did not have the exact garment they were looking for. Do any of you have any clothes you don't wear? Why? Why don't you give them away? You know our biggest problem going shopping? We don't have any room to keep it. We're stuffed. I've got three closets full of clothes. I got enough clothes for ten people. And then I say, don't buy me any more shirts. Don't don't give me another sweater. I take money. I like cash. Get me something, but don't give me another shirt. And Jesus says, do not worry. You're more valued than food, drink, and clothing. Two, do not worry. Watch this. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I know. They pick off my apricots. Are you not much more valuable than they? Lesser to greater. If he takes care of birds that are here and gone and have no eternal value that his son never did die for, won't he take much more care of you? See, it's a, I'm, I'm, you're comparing the lesser with the greater. 3, verse 27. Do not worry. It's a worthless activity. Look at verse 27. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Some translations, can you add a cubic or 18 inches to your growth? So it's either add to your physical stature or some take it, add another moment. What do you have to show for your worry? That's what Jesus is saying. Worrying yields zero. Why waste your time doing it? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? 
They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And what was their problem? You of little faith. Little faith always gives birth to anxiety and fear. If you're not trusting God, you're doubting God. If you're not trusting God, you're going to be anxious. If you're not trusting God, you're going to be fearful. And Hebrews 3.13 says, Beware of the deceitfulness of sin, because when unbelief sets in your heart about God, your heart will become hard, it will become insensitive to the things of God, and you will be consumed by an unbelieving heart. And God says, we walk by faith. We walk by faith. And faith is nourished on the words of God, not on your surroundings, not on TV, not on all the texting. It's nourished on the word of God, which David said, I praise. God gave me a word. The only word he had when he was at Gath was Samuel told me when I was a 14-year-old boy, I'm going to be the next king of Israel. I'm counting on it. King, you can't kill me. I'm the next king of Israel. That's the only word he had. But he clung to it. Do not worry. God will care for you more than flowers. Do not worry. Your father knows what you need. Verse 31. He goes on, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. Isn't that powerful? I don't want you to act like you don't have a father. You know, I'm, uh, I'm treading on dangerous ground. I see how some of you take care of pets, pet insurance, pet hospital, pet babysitting, pet food, pet collar. I mean, it's pet, pet, pet. And don't dare talk about my dog or my little cat. I'm not. But if you care that much for an animal, how much more do you think God cares for you? I mean... God sent his son to die for you. He did not die for old Shep. Let's move on. I want to get out alive. Finally, make God, God's interest your interest, and he'll take care of you. But seek first his kingdom, and I won't take care of you. No, no. But first seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things that you've been worrying about will be given to you as well. He said one place, houses, lands, mothers, and fathers. You would not have given up anything for my name's sake, but what I won't compensate you far and above. Ask yourself, what sacrifice have you ever made for the cause of Jesus Christ that he didn't reward you over and over for? And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. 
Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855 833 9864. As you contact us, would you also prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? We're able to continue the radio ministry through your generous financial support. And whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly donation, no size is too small or too great. We'd love to hear from you and know that you are partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.